I'm sure. <laughs> okay. What have we been talking about the last several weeks, except for last week? Andy and Paulette were here, and we're so thankful. Uh, all the all the um, all the teachings so far are on podcast. So if you have iTunes or if you look under podcasts, look for Beyond the Wedding, and you'll see uh, all the um, teachings that we've had so far. Not only on what we've been teaching, but also Andy and Paulette's last week. So whatever they're all unedited, so yeah. you know, excuse us for the the noises and everything else. We just tape it and put it on. I don't know, Joe. Do you edit yours? Mm. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's all raw and live. <laughs> we want everybody to get a feel for what you guys have to deal with. Um, Andy and Paulette's teaching last weekend was actually pretty powerful. Um, it was talking about moving out of the room of good intentions into the room of grace. Um, and it was pretty, pretty raw and good. Yeah. And again, it's 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 based in who we are in Christ as opposed to what we do. And I'll say it because I've lived it. A lot of people come into church and are expected to do before they're expected. There's much more of an emphasis on doing than being. And we become human doings as opposed to human beings. And so that's one of the things. It's, it's not that it's not important to do things. Sometimes doing is a way of getting into being. But sometimes we have to be before we can do. And sometimes doing is a way of avoiding being altogether. I lived that one. Okay. So we can get so involved because we want to avoid something. And I can assure you it's going to implode, whatever that something is. Because we are designed for relationship first. <clears throat> okay. So we've been talking about... Whatever we've been talking about. Ahava love. Ahava love. Ahava love. Yep. And I just, I absolutely love Ahava love, meaning God exhaled, we inhaled, and love came. It takes relationship and it takes a mutual giving and receiving in order for love to be present. And we forget that because too often we love pizza. Well, the two types of love, one based on how things make us feel or the other lies in appreciating the value of others. And too often we confuse the love of how things make us feel with godly love, which is appreciating the value of others. It's great that we feel loved, or you know that we love pizza, and pizza makes me feel good. Which, by the way, do you know that there are studies that say that pizza is the most addicting food? I can believe it. Pizza? I was just like, I, I didn't. Especially when it has pineapple. But no, there's ingredients in pizza. There's sugars in pizza, and other ingredients in pizza that is supposed to make it one of the more addictive foods. It's got sugar, salt, and fat. <coughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. They make my life <laughs> All right, sorry, that was a little, you better start, you better finish. Imagine having a, a thing of lard with sugar and salt on it and eating that. Ew. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So, anyway, that's different. Thanks. All right. By the way, there's cake and there's a... <laughs> Unedited. Uh, all 
yourself. Getting off that tangent. So when scripture refers to the word love, it's actually saying that Yahweh, God loved us, that he gave us or connected us through his son Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but possess everlasting life. And we're looking at 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, which is read even at heathen weddings. Um, you know, it, what is love? Love is, love is patient. Love is kind. And we've talked about patience and kindness and what do those look like? And how can we walk out in kindness and patience? And when we think about it, and I appreciate what Gene did, since God is love, we can insert God in all that. God is kind. God is patient. Now, since we're supposed to be like Christ, can I say Ron is kind? Ron is patient. Well, not all the time. Because frankly, I'm not all the time. I like to, I, I like to move toward that. But I know that I'm not patient all the time, and I know I'm not kind all the time. But that's, that's, the, that's the bar. That's the measure. And so we're going to move on, and we're going to be talking today about, we're going to begin the do not part. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not, what's the first one? Anybody know? Envy. Love does not envy. So what does envy mean? Okay. Good definition. Good definition. Anything else? <coughs> When we think of envy, what do we think of? Jealousy. Jealousy. What did you say? Evil. Evil. Okay. What's the difference between that and covetousness? Or it, it is. It's covetousness. Are they synonyms? Yeah. Anything else? They've got it and I don't. They've got it and I don't. Yep, wanting what someone else wants. You know, it's interesting because one of the things that we teach is it's really hard in relationship, especially in marital relationship, is to stop doing something. Don't do something. Well, it's easier for me to do something than for me to not do something. Okay, so if I... I'm sorry, I, I'm remembering a friend, a young, one of my kids' friends, always, always like that. That was, that was. At the dinner table. At the dinner table. That was his napkin. Always oh, felt like that, okay? It's like, For stop the podcast, doing that. it was his shoulder. Okay. <laughs> you know, stop doing that. Stop doing that, okay? Stop going like that, okay? But he couldn't stop because he didn't have an alternative, so it was here. Use a napkin. Yeah, I put and the napkin, the napkin on his shoulder. On shoulder. <laughs> okay, and he got in the habit then of using the napkin, or at least around us. Okay, but we gave him something to do instead of just not doing, because so often it's harder to just stop doing something if we don't have a replacement the positive for it. In fact, scripture says that if you if you sweep the house clean and you leave it empty, it's only going to be worse on the back end because it's going to be seven times worse. That's because it's not filled up. So it's not just enough to take something away. It's not enough just not to do something. 
it actually has to be replaced with something positive. Friends of ours, when their kids were grow, growing up, you know, and when they first came to Christ and stuff like this, you know, their kids played Pokemon, the Pokemon card game or something. So what they did is basically they didn't want that stuff in house, so they removed the Pokemon cards from the kids, but they replaced it with something else. Something else more positive and, and more fruitful and spiritually and everything else. So it's important that we are pressing towards something, not just running from something. You know, stay away from this. Don't smoke. Don't drink. Don't do this. Don't do the. Well, what am I supposed to do then? So what, what are you telling an addict? Chew gum. Chew gum. Something. Okay. It, there has to be something you're pressing toward, not just running from. That's why, you know, I like Cleansing Stream so much. And by the way, signups are happening for Cleansing Stream. If you haven't gone through it, strongly recommend you make the time to do it. If you've gone through it, go through it again. There's nothing wrong with that. Seminar won't cost you. Seminar won't cost you. And then the other thing is, too, you can go to the retreat. If you haven't gone through the yeah. seminar again, um, you're still eligible to go to the retreats if you've gone to the seminar at least once. But, so. but what I like is uh, one of my favorite sessions is a session Events. after retreat because we've been freed from something. What have we been freed for? We should always be striving. We should always be pressing towards something positive, not just running from something negative. So when we think of that, we think of, okay, Envy, bad, evil, right? Wanting something that someone else has. Um, what's the opposite of it? What should we be striving for? If we're not envious, if we don't want to be envious, what should we be striving for? Sharing. sharing. Okay, sharing. <coughs> kind of hard, isn't it? Maybe blessing others <coughs> with whatever words of encouragement, okay. health, acts of service, whatever it is, you know, that I'm envious of. For example, you, let's just say maybe instead of me always thinking, oh, Gene, this, Gene, blah, 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 on and on, start trying to think, okay, what could maybe I could do for Gene? She's really good at this, but maybe, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not good at that but maybe I'm good at something else that she's not good at. Maybe I, you know, just start imagining instead of constantly, I want that, I want that, I want that. Maybe just start imagining, hmm, what could I do to bless okay. this I, person? I, I liked what, because even though you didn't realize it, there's two different elements in what you said. Not only are you focusing on something, uh, not focusing, not only are you not focusing on something you're not good at, you are focusing on something you're good at. That's one, because we all have unique gifts and talents. And two, you're looking at giving. So there's actually two different elements in there. So, so that was really good. Somebody over Elaine, here said something. Elaine, some, I said content, and I, I learned a good lesson about envy. I had a good friend, and she was having a housewarming, and I knew she was struggling, you know, with getting the house and trying to pay for it. And her husband was struggling with alcoholism. So it's really, she was really in a difficult relationship. 
when we were having a housewarming and everything, people kept saying, oh, God, I wish I had your life. Oh, you've got a beautiful home and great husband. They were saying all these things. And then I'm just like, wow, if they only knew what she's going through um, to maintain what she has, mm -hmm. and as well as in her marriage. So it taught me a valuable lesson not to look at somebody else's life and envy it and want it. But, you know, know what it took for them to get it or to maintain it. Very, very valid point. And you also don't know what the life looks like. There's a, um, a drug commercial um, that for depression. It's an antidepressant. And it shows um, individuals, you know, in relational gatherings um, at work or at the table or whatnot. And, you know, they've got this smiley face, you know, but behind that smiley face mask is a lot of sadness. We all wear masks. We all wear masks. I know um, for a large part of my life, I was clinically depressed. People wouldn't know it because I wouldn't, I'd go in and I'd still, I'd laugh, I'd do my stuff or whatever, you know, but then it's like whatever amount of time that meeting or whatever took was all the energy that I had for the week, you know, and then I would disappear into darkness, you know. People don't know what everyone else in this room is going through. You know, there's a lot of weight in here, and I don't mean just here, okay? <laughs> um, and we have, to, we have to recognize that when we talk about not being envious, you know, um, we need to recognize exactly like you said, you don't know what, what else is going on. You don't know the road that it took to get them where they are. And you don't know, you don't know that the position that you're in, which may feel like it's a lower position, whether it be relationally or economically or, or whatever, isn't the position that God needs you to be in to be able to meet a need that someone in this position isn't going to be able to do. Does that make sense? You know, it's, it's, if, if I lived in Black Hawk and drove around in a Bentley and ate nothing but es escargot and whatever, okay, all right, and, and, you know, had my, my Gucci's and my Prada's and, and whatnot and, and went down to, um, you know, the garbage dumps in Tijuana where families live. I'm driving my Bentley down. I mean, am I going to be able to minister the same way? You know? I mean, can you imagine living in the garbage dump and someone comes up with their Gucci and their nails and their diamonds and, oh, here, let me give you food. It, the ministry just doesn't work the same. The people can't receive it the same. All right? Is there anything wrong with Gucci and living in, in Black Hawk? And yeah, absolutely not, because you know what? Those people can go and talk to CEOs, <laughs> right? And other professionals that someone that's wearing <coughs> a pair of jeans may not be able to, to reach. All right? So it's, God has us in a place for a specific purpose. So I can be envious of the Black Hawk, all right? type of lifestyle, um, but I'm going to miss 
what God has for me at, at this level. Yeah, and, and as I recall, you work for the feds. If you want to learn how to be content, <laughs> force yourself to work for the feds because you'll learn contentment really quick. <laughs> uh, seriously, because unless you, if you don't develop contentedness, then what you're going to find is you're going to find a lot of job dissatisfactions. And when we find ourselves dissatisfied, that's one of the symptoms of envy. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But dissatisfaction, and so I appreciate the contentedness because that's something we can move toward. Always warned the new employees that come in. Five years. If you want to get out, you better get out before five years. Because after five, you just begin to accept everything. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to talk for a second about the difference between jealousy and envy. Is there a difference? Yeah, because uh, Sarah, you mentioned uh, when you think of envy, you think of jealousy. Is there a difference between jealousy and envy? Because keep in mind, it, it says love does not envy, but Scripture also says. God is a jealous God. So is there a difference? Or what is the difference? Or what is the difference between jealousy and envy, Teddy? Well, okay. <laughs> well you, you were sh nodding your head is, up and down. Is, well, so envy can be when you want, I hope I'm not getting this backwards. Jealous is when you don't want somebody else to have what they have. It's like you almost want to take it away from them. Yeah. Envy is usually when you just want something for you okay. like you're wanting what you don't have you may see that like there's that happy married couple and you're not and you want that for you you envy that you want that thing versus like jealousy can be almost like a destructive thing. i don't know i hope i got that right sure to piggyback off that i i do agree i think envy is where you see that someone has what you would like to have and you work towards that <laughs> you see that someone has you know, a nicer home, so you work harder, you get a better job, so you can have that nicer item. Where jealousy is you are working towards tearing that person down so that they can't have what they have. You just like put negative thoughts in their head or you put a wedge between their husband, the spouses to where they don't have that perfect marriage because you don't have it yourself. How does that go? How does that, and, and how many people are looking on Google? <laughs> we did too. How does that match up though with God being a jealous God? Thank you. Well, I think because it's human nature, like it's the humanism, it's not going to be the same as jealous God. Because jealous, I don't think God would want to hurt you. He, he would want to. You don't like think you. God would want to hurt us? Not in like a malicious way, but okay. jealousy is more of a malicious yes. thing, isn't it? Yes, jealousy is, is more malicious, whereas envy is a feeling, whereas jealousy is almost an action. Like, I can envy that she can doll okay. herself up with okay. jewelry all the time. Um, I'm not going to tear her jewelry off of her and right. keep it for myself. Teresa? <laughs> I think jealousy, I feel like it's more of a relational um, kind of thing because when God says, you know, I'm a jealous God, he's saying, I want you all for myself, you know, and that where jealousy can turn into, you know, you'll go kill someone if you find someone else sleeping with your wife or you'll kill that person because you want that person to yourself. So the jealousy 
could turn into you know death and turn into other things because it's it's more of a um, relational um, can you know keep keeping hold of something that belongs to you from the from the beginning and all of a sudden it's somehow it's taken away so um, I think that and then the envious wishing more in my mind it's wishing more of a material I would materially want that but jealousy is more of a uh, people okay in my brain I don't know. I see envy as being more, uh, it could be encouraging. Envy could be something to me that will, it can motivate you. Envy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see someone with, that works out good or whatever, or in the field or whatever, that really knows the, 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 the job well, and you, you, you want that. On the other hand, jealousy could be more destructive, negative. Okay, wow. it's 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 interesting the the conversations Jackie. and the perspectives. Um, I looked it up on Google. Um, it says envy is a two-person situation, whereas jealousy is a three-person situation. Envy is a reaction to lacking something. Jealousy is a reaction to the threat of losing something, usually someone. This means that when you're feeling jealous, you're often feeling envious as well. So it's, I think, because jealousy isn't necessarily always a bad thing. It's how you react to that jealousy that can be bad. Okay. Um, and same with envy. I don't think necessarily envy is always a bad thing, but it's how you react. If you're letting it push you to better yourself, um, then, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but if you're letting it consume you, that's when it. Okay. Turns okay. Out. Go ahead. I see envy more. Um, they they see it more as a productive thing, and I see it more as feel sorry for myself, pity me. You know, it could be productive. You know, but then the other extreme would be sitting there feeling sorry for yourself. Okay. Not using it to motivate yourself. I find something interesting. What every single person has said has a commonality. It's how we think. Okay. So I think that's super interesting. That No matter what definition anyone gave, the thing that was behind it, behind what every single person said, was how we think about it, or what we think about the most. So, we had differing answers, different perspectives, right? My Bible, what, what does that say? All right, because that's what we really have to base it by. Google's great, and I love Google as a resource, okay? I definitely do, but my best resource is scripture. So what does the scripture say about the difference between jealousy and envy? And scripture actually says that jealousy can be both negative and positive. God is a jealous, okay? That, um, a jealous God. Um, and there are circumstances of jealousy um, that got a lot of different characters in, um, into trouble, okay? Um, envy is actually, we, have, we weren't able to find one scripture that said envy is a good thing. Not one. Okay, so do you do you know of a scripture? I could talk for an hour. I actually preached 
on jealousy and envy. So no, I don't know the scripture, but you want to get up here and teach? No. <laughs> Next week, Leona's going to teach. <laughs> Okay. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right. Um, <coughs> envy is anger turned inward for something that someone else has, such as status, possessions, power, wealth, while je jealousy is resentment of a rival or a person that is competing with their own affections for someone. Envy is a lack of gratitude for what someone already had, while jealousy is anger or mistrust over someone that is competing with something or someone in their lives. So, Johnny, I can see what you're talking about in terms of, of, of you using envy, you know, and, and you use the example of working out, you know. If, if we're going to work out, we should do it for the purpose of being healthier because our body is a temple, because we should be treating what God gave us well. Because it's that... And here's a, here's a tricky part about envy. It can turn so quick in causing us to lose identity in who we are as a child of God, thinking we're something less. It, it's, it, the enemy is getting his foot in the door. So even though we can use envy to positively motivate us, it's not going to be long before that door is opened even wider and we start looking at the dude's car. Or we start looking at his wife. Or we start looking at this. Or we start looking at that. Envy. There is no scripture and no place in our lives for envy. Well, even as a positive motivator because it's so dangerous. Joe? I think the biggest part we miss about envy and why envy is really not a motivator at all. Because in the essence of envy, it's not that I want something that you have, I want what you have, Yeah. right? So it's not that when I see a guy in a bigger house, I want a bigger house like that guy. I want that guy's bigger house. You see what I'm saying? It's not that if he's driving a Bentley, I want a Bentley like it. I want his Bentley. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a good portion of that. The other thing that Envy does, Envy says, God, what you've provided is not enough. God, you don't know better. God of all the homes, why did you have to give us one in Antioch? <laughs> okay, okay, wait a second. I, I, I need to bring a comment to that, okay? And, and this is, we have, we have a really nice home on a nice block, all right? But I get off the freeway, and oftentimes there's people with signs. There's, there's litter, okay? My neighborhood is, is not the most upkept neighborhoods, okay? And I was getting disgruntled. Okay, Lord, maybe it's time for us to move, okay? He put in my heart, you pay to go on mission trips, <laughs> to go into areas like this. You pay to do that. And <laughs> I put you in one. <laughs> so, I mean, why, why, you know, and it's like totally changed my mindset. You know, and now instead of getting disgruntled and saying, you know, this neighborhood's just getting worse and, you know, 
I want to live someplace nicer, you know. It's like, okay, Lord, then show me where I need to, and, you and know. It, it, it's like, flip real quick. God can do that just with God a quick change of perspective. And, and keep in mind, I was truly joking. I have never been more content in a home we've owned than the one we are right now. And we're trying nightly to figure out, was that fireworks or a gunshot? <laughs> Seriously. But I've never been more content in a home. There's a party at our house, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I totally understand. I've never been more content in a home than I have been in this one, Joe. I like what you guys bring up because, again, if we're followers of Christ, right, and we're looking at Christ's life, where did Christ go? Who did Christ talk to? Right? He wasn't hanging out with the people in Clayton, don't get me wrong. Clayton's a very nice neighborhood. But you're not going to see in Clayton what you see in Antioch. Right? I would say that Jesus would rather have you be in Antioch than you would in Clayton. Now, I'm not saying anything. Denounce Clayton, I want, I want, I'm not denouncing anything, so don't get me mixed. Don't start putting things in there. What we're doing what is stereotyping saying. communities. And even within Antioch, there's Clayton-like communities exactly. and everything right. else like that. The whole but idea just, is right, that we go to the place where people need us, wherever that is. If they need us in Clayton, we go. If they need us in Antioch, we go there. Right. And there's nothing wrong with living in either place. No. So, Okay. We're going to read some quotes just because we're going to try to follow our outline. Hasn't worked so far. Um, <laughs> envy is the art of counting your neighbor's blessings instead of your own. Harold Coffin said that. Love looks through a telescope. Envy through a microscope. Okay, Josh Billings. Envy comes from people's ignorance of or lack of belief in their own gifts. That's Jean Veneer. Envy is a symptom of lack of appreciation of our own uniqueness and self-worth. Each of us has something to give that no one else has. And on that, I'd like to say, I'd like to expand upon that. Chris Valentin, one of the things that he says that I really appreciate, he says, please live out who you were destined to be. Don't try and be like anybody else because you, only you can be the best you. Nobody else can be you at your best because nobody else was designed for that. Envy shoots at others and wounds itself. That's an English proverb. God's truth judges created things out of love, and Satan's truth judges them out of envy and hatred. That's Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer, yeah. Okay. So let's go to the scriptures. A heart of peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Proverbs 14.30. 14 what? 30. 30. Envy can actually cause physical illness. Proverbs 3.31-32. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. For the Lord detests the perverse, but takes the upright into his confidence. Envy separates us from God. Which one was that? Proverbs 3, 31 to 32. And I saw that all the toil and all achievements spring from one person's envy of another. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Ecclesiastes 4, 4. 
Anything gained from envy is not lasting. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. James 3.16. Envy is linked to selfish ambition and leads to disorder and evil. And the satraps and administrators didn't like being supervised by Hebrew, whom they thought was lower than them. Therefore, they plotted to have Daniel killed. Daniel 6.4. Envy is linked to ego and manipulation. Frustration. I like this. Frustrations and lack of faith also cause us to envy others. Psalm 73.3. Okay. Envy is caused by a lack of trust in God. If you don't trust in God, you're more likely to become envious. So let's do a self-check. Do we have envy in us? Do we work extremely hard to come, look, come out looking good? Do we examine others with a critical eye? Do we have hidden feelings of inferiority? Do we complain about not getting fair treatment all the time? Do we have an insatiable desire for success? Do we need a lot of recognition for our achievements? Are we status conscious? Do we find it hard to compliment others? Do we keep score of good deeds, our own and others? Are we willing to pass along negative rumors about a successful person? Do we put on a false front to appear impressive? Do we base our self-image on our performance? I don't know about you, but I do have some of those. I don't consider myself an envious person, but the more that I have, the more likely I will be more easy to envy. And it's important to understand too, because we talk about emotional needs, and one of the emotional needs is appreciation. And so we, we, we appreciate being appreciated, I suppose. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that, because some of us have a high need for appreciation. So we, we like to be told, hey, you, you're doing a really good job or something like that. Because appreciation is focused on, on something that we do. Acceptance is based on who we are as a person. That's another emotional need. Appreciation is for something we do. However, if we find ourselves consistently giving and giving and giving, for the sake of appreciation as opposed to the sake for giving, that's when it's going off on a deeper end. That's when envy can come in. Because what ends up happening then is when we're not appreciated, guess what happens? <clears throat> we start retreating and pulling back. So if we can continue, and here's the key, if we can continue to give and give and give, and appreciation is not coming, but that doesn't deter us from giving. That's a good giving. That's a good giving. But if we pull back, you know what? I, I've tried, I've tried, and I've tried, 
I've, I've worked really hard. I'm doing everything they tell me to do in class, but you know what? You're just not responding. You're not giving back. I'm done. I did that for one sole reason. I gave to get instead of simply giving to give. And if we start to give to get, that's when it falls off the deep end. We should be willing to give simply to give. And given all of that, it's still okay if you're giving and you're giving and giving mm -hmm. to say it would be nice to get a thank you. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not. You know, I mean, literally, you know, it, 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 I mean, that was one of my biggest issues when I was a teen. Um, my mother never said thank you. Never said thank you. And um, I had run away from home. We had a meeting when I was brought back, um, the mediator there. And it's like, I just want to thank you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to do what you're doing, you shouldn't demand a thank you. Does that make sense? Shouldn't have to demand. You shouldn't have to demand it. You shouldn't have to demand it. But there's, you know, just in general, we should have that. With that scenario, then there's a whole nother topic of lecture of boundaries. Yep. Yes. Yep. And there is. Yep. Yep. It's unfortunately, some of these things are all interlinked and everything else like that. But the, the list here, it's the difference of, you know, do you want a certificate for every time you went and served someplace? And then you walk into your room and it's got all these certificates and, you know, plaques up on the wall and everything about, look, this is how wonderful I am, you know? Um, but you don't do it like this. It's like, oh, you know, people are generous and I just want to, you know. Um, I, I know someone that said um, they put every, every donation that they might get a, a certificate for up um, so that people could possibly be encouraged to give. Like, okay. That's their mindset, okay? That's their mindset. But those types of things can lead to more ungodly behaviors than healthy, godly behaviors. Um, so. We, and again, beyond a wedding, the podcast, we deal for eight weeks on how to give when the other person is not giving and talk about setting up boundaries in those circumstances. So. Okay. Causes of envy. Being overly concerned with personal rights. That's probably one of the biggest causes of envy, is being overly concerned with personal rights. And here's the interesting part, especially in today's culture. Individual rights, or the demand for individual rights seems to be increasing, while taking personal responsibility seems to be decreasing. Yes. <laughs> individual rights are increasing, well, personal responsibility is decreasing. Okay? I'm going to generalize to millennials in spite of the fact that we have a number of millennials in the class. But the, the, the traditional thing about millennials, they want to come out of high school and start earning $30 an hour. Okay? And they're not going to take a job at McDonald's. And I'm not speaking you know, specifically to the millennials that I know. Or like in this class. Or in this class, okay. But uh, you know, they they don't they don't realize that you know, 
this generation, the older generation, started working at McDonald's, you know, and, and we washed windows and whatnot, and then, you know, got up to a level um, where we're earning the $30 maybe an hour, right? My first job was picking beans on a farm <laughs> and filling up a basket for two bucks. Okay. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot of the expectations are, you know, no, get me a $150 pair of sneakers, you know, because and then you're they my go parent, and, you have to. And then they go out and play in the mud, oh, I need a new pair. Okay. Forget about washing them, taking good steward. It's like, we'll just throw it out and, you know, get some more, okay? Because there's no personal responsibility. But it's my right to have a telephone, you know, get that $30 an hour job right out of high school, you know, be able to, all right? It's, yeah, anyway. Um, we take the success of others personally. Um, they got the promotion because they're friends with so-and-so. I really deserved it. Forget the fact that they were there 10 years longer or they work past 501. <laughs> You're out the door at five o'clock, okay? You know, or they came in early and you're there, you know, okay? It, it's, well, it, here's an interesting concept and because where forensics is a very competitive field. It's extremely competitive because of CSI, everybody wants a forensics job. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's true. It's true. I mean, when he got into it 30 years ago, no there were two applicants for my position. Two. Now, for any given position, there can be upwards of 75 to 100 applicants for a single position. Wow. All because of a TV All show. All because of a TV show. Awesome. <laughs> because I want to wear high heels when I go to a crime scene. Talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but what ends up happening, but I, I, the discontent among, uh, among my staff, because two of them had master's degrees and one of them only had a bachelor's. Well, I invested more in my education, I should get more. You applied for this job. And it's interesting, when I would do interviews, I, did, I, I would give them a parable and they didn't even know it was coming. And that, that's the parable of when Jesus talks about, you know, the, 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 the foreman going out and hiring a crew to get the job done. And then half the day sees that he needs to hire more, so brings in more, and he gives them the same wage that he gave others. And I would ask them in the interview, you're my foreman, somebody complains to you, what do you tell them? And if they said, that's not fair, I agree with them, I wasn't going to hire them. Based on one answer, I wasn't going to hire them. Because I knew they'd never be content. Because they'd be comparing themselves with others and what's fair. What's fair is these are the terms that you agreed to when you got the job. And when I heard that, they moved up to my list. No matter how well they performed on the rest of the interview, I graded my interviews primarily based on that one question. And it was in the middle and it didn't make sense. 
It was a completely off the wall hypothetical. They didn't even know their, uh, why I would ask that question. But I knew. Because it was a measure of a person's contentedness. Okay, John D. Rockefeller's response when he was asked how much money is enough. What do you think he said? A little bit more. <laughs> Just one dollar more. <laughs> Just one dollar. If we're always striving to get that next whatever instead of learning to be content. Now there's nothing wrong with wanting more or desiring more. Um, you know, we're told to ask God for more, okay? But we have to be content where we're at. If we don't get that next dollar, if we never get a brand new car, if we don't get that promotion, are we going to be content? Which doesn't mean stuck in a bad situation. You know, sometimes we have to change jobs. And, you know, so take what we're saying with... Um, with a grain of salt. With a grain of salt. There, with some liberal yeah. liberality, me English no good today. <laughs> <laughs> You're a teacher. How about Yay. your Spanish? <laughs> it's not good either. Okay. Um, it's okay. okay. But when we yearn for status or achievement, either professionally or even within the church, you know, well, I want one of those badges. You know, Jean's got a badge that she wears, and I want one of those badges. You can have it. You know? Um, and what happens when we are envious, we've got money issues, and we've got dangerous relationships due to comparisons. The thing that I hate worst, and we've had people say it many, many times, um, People that, couples that we work with, you know, it's like, oh, I want the relationship you and Ron have. Or I wish my husband was like Ron. Oh, right. you don't. <laughs> I love my husband, all right? But it goes the same way. You don't know where we've been. You don't know what we're going through and the hard work that it's taken to get here. The hard work that it takes to remain here, you know? And Ron is a unique individual, and it takes a unique individual like me to be with him, all right, and vice versa. And I don't mean that as an insult, okay? Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really nice individuals in this room, but God meant for this couple to be together, not that couple. Amen. That's good. You know, so we got to work it. All right, and I didn't mean that. No, okay. All right. <laughs> but the, see, that's where I mean those type of things. To know that, to know where where you and, and, and Ron has been, to know where uh, Leona and Joe has been, and, and, and David and and to 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 uh, want that is 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 good. It's, it is it's good. Not, it's not that I want your story. Is that what I see is encouraging because, I mean, you want to be able to get over those humps, learn those humps, and to be able to give Let like me, you got. Okay, Let hold me, on. Oh, because oh. oh, no, no, I got something to say. And the only one who's going to pat me on the back is Joe. There's a difference between wanting how we are 
not just no, no, no. but my story. All right. It's my story. And you're growing in your relationship because you're encouraged that someone else showed that they can grow. Yes. You don't want you don't want a wife like me. Okay? No, she's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> Over. He, he's done all of that. And now I share that, and there's some, well, my husband doesn't do anything. When we have guests yeah. over all day, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, but, so they want a husband that cleans, that cooks, gotcha. okay? That's not what you need to be looking after. You need to be looking for, yes, be encouraged. Be encouraged by the story of, of Joe and Leona, Anna and David, um, Ron and myself. But don't look for the specifics of, I want a wife that can, you know, crawl onto the house and redo my plum and throw it out. <laughs> and here's how Jean and I can tell them apart. <laughs> we run a marriage group, Intimate Encounters, that takes about seven to eight months. And it just touches upon issues. Here's how we can tell the envious couples from the other couples. The envious couples never finished seven months. Or they don't invest the work in those seven months. Because they want what we have, but they don't want the work that goes behind it. And I will say, we see a lot more envious couples than not. I'm not, uh, no, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We see a lot more envious couples than we see others. Okay. They want the McDonald's drive through. So, how do we overcome it? We have to recognize that we're envious. That's number one, okay? And then we have to choose, all right, to get rid of it. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 2. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that, you, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, we can choose to get rid of it. Confess it as sin and accept forgiveness. 1 First, First John 1, 9. We have to guide our guard our heart with all vigilance. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. That's in Proverbs 4:23, and that goes along with the scripture where Jesus talked about a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Luke 6:45. That's why we have to guard our heart. And that's why we have to protect it from envy because guess what's going to come out if it's there? We have to accept ourselves as we are with gratitude. Our face, our figure, our abilities, family, job, bank account, and giftings. Now, I know I, I allude a lot to like my weight and stuff. The reason why I'm concerned about my weight is because of my health. Not because I want to look like, and this is dating myself, Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> you dated. <laughs> you dated yourself. Who is that? Who is that? I don't remember. 
Because you gotta get the hair okay. that's right. <laughs> All right. Um, learn the joy of giving to others. Envy is rooted in selfishness. Give, 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 give. Keep earthly achievements in eternal perspective. So what you're doing going to have eternal benefits. You know, we, we worked with one couple and he was, um, man, he had two display cabinets in his home filled with trophies from work, you know, for all of the awards that he won you know, or earned, okay, he worked hard for. And um, they came to us and um, some two, three times? Twice. Twice. Um, you said something and then he decided not to set up another appointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we gave him homework the first time. And um, the second time we met, the wife had said that she wasn't going to do the homework, but then changed her mind and did the homework. But the husband, because the wife said she wasn't going to do the homework, didn't do the homework. So the second time when we went, he's like, well, she didn't do anything, so I wasn't gonna, you know. It's like, but she actually did do it, and you didn't. So Gene yanked out that scripture. <laughs> those are the games we play. Yeah, those, those are, are the games, games we, we play. play. Those are the games we play, you know. He's so concentrated on bettering the other, okay, that he's missing the whole picture. Set our heart on heavenly things. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. Okay, put on the armor of God. Stand firm, therefore, putting on the breastplate of righteousness. We yeah. are right in Christ. Not in anything else that we do or that we own. And once envy is removed, we will begin to experience joy, contentment, and the sense of personal significance that Jesus and Jesus alone brings. And we will actually blossom beautifully and fragrantly right where we're planted. Even if it is an Antioch. <laughs> I only kid, and, and here's the thing. That house, you know why I'm so content in it? Because God promised us, showed us, when we got back together, we would own a bed and breakfast. So what's the first thing we did? We went to New York to try and buy one. <laughs> That's what we did. We're serious. We're serious. We did. We went to New York to try and buy one. And we got the sense that this wasn't right. And you know why it wasn't right? Because God has turned that home into a bed and breakfast. Different. A different form of bed and breakfast. But it's still a bed and breakfast type format. So basically, and, and that speaks because I could have envied that. But you know what happened? God not only showed me that I was envying something that he had already placed in my life. Envying for something because you thought it looked different. Because I, and that's it. God said, you're defining this all wrong. Well, what's that saying? If, if, if you're planning out your life and he's laughing at you or something, I forget exactly how it's 
said, but yeah. you planned it, you scripted it, so he had to throw a curveball at you. <laughs> he, he has a way of chuckling at me <laughs> periodically. But it's, it, it is one of those things. All I had to do was change my mindset about how I perceive something. And guess what? When I went, <coughs> the envy. Perspective is a very powerful thing. Perspective is. is a very powerful thing. And, and that's the most important thing when we're dealing with envy, is that we have to make sure we have a godly perspective. A godly perspective. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. There's nothing wrong with having happy relationships. There's nothing wrong with getting promotions. There's nothing wrong with living with less. You know, none of these are wrong. And there's nothing wrong with, with working towards more. But when that more becomes your God over God, that's envy. Whether it be in relationship or material possessions. I'm going to ask you to put your hands on your heart for me and repeat it after me. Father God, Father God thank you, thank you, thank you for, me. for me. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for creating me. In your image. In your image. Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray. And I ask for your help. In being more content with who I am. Change my perspective. So I can see things and myself the way you see me. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, that's it.